Okay, welcome back everybody. This is my first a couple weeks into the new year, but this is my first interview of 2024. I've got Thesis Gold with me today. Before I introduce my two guests here though, standard disclaimers always apply, right? Blue Sky, this is a Blue Sky conversation, forward-looking statements will be made, so please, you know, standard disclaimers always make your own investment decisions. But I've got uh, Ewan Webster and Ian Harris here today from Thesis Gold. They're gonna give us a campaign review, drill campaign review on their lawyers project. Uh, Ewan is the CEO and is a, geologist and Ian Harris is the COO and is a mining engineer. So kind of like we got kind of the both, both sides of the brain here working with us today. So I'm hoping for a really interesting conversation. Thank you gentlemen for joining me. How are you guys today? Good. Thanks, Matthew. Yeah. Pleasure to be here as always. Wonderful to have us. Thanks. Yeah. I think, yeah. Ewan's a returning guest, but this is our first time for you, Ian. So welcome to the JRI experience, I guess. Right. So uh, let's just jump right into it though. We, we are here. We're going to talk about, the lawyers project, right? I mean, this is a recent amalgamation, right? Benchmark and thesis gold uh, last summer, uh, there's a merger that went on, lawyers came with uh, into the new company. And so there was 50,000 meters this year, uh, 20,000 went into lawyers. And so the, just last week, you guys released the, your final 15,000 meters. So you and I, we were chatting last week and we thought that maybe a really good opportunity for just a, a campaign review, as I mentioned, right? So why don't we, and we have some images about you and, and Ian, why don't you just, I mean, first question right off the bat, do you guys just want to kind of very briefly reintroduce our audience, kind of assuming we know what you're talking about here with with, uh, with lawyers and, and ranch, but lawyers in particular here, uh, but do you just want to walk us through the lawyers project and then more to the point though, right, is how did it evolve based on your drill campaign this year? Sure. Um, so, I mean, the Lawyers Project is a low sulfidation epithermal gold system. Uh, it's situated in north central British Columbia. It was a, a former past producer, uh, high grade underground mine. It was operational from the late 80s to the early 90s. And um, after that, it sat dormant for you know a couple of decades, really. And we acquired it in 2018 kind of under the premise that we thought there was more potential there to build this out beyond just this, the high-grade underground uh, mining scenario, that there was the potential for much broader zones of mineralization, and therefore, you know, it had that open pit potential. And, you know, I think over the last kind of five years, we've certainly demonstrated that as the case. We've taken it from virtually, I don't know, a very small resource in, in 2018 um, to three and a half million ounces with uh, a robust PEA associated with it. And that PEA was really centered around the open pit potential. And what we've, what we've, what we're looking at now and what this year's drill pro or last year's drill program, I should say, was really focused on was that underground potential. You know, we're going back to what they were doing historically and building that out below the pits. <clears throat> and you know, Matthew, you mentioned we've got a couple of images here, so I'll just pull um, one of them up here. It, uh, it's a pretty good job of representing what the potential is. And as you was pulling that stuff up, you know, just a little bit of a context is we wanted to go into this year with, you know, laser focused on what we actually wanted to achieve. And so it's not just about we saw the potential impact, we looked at it, we modeled it, we've done a lot of internal work um, and saw the impact of, of especially areas that are easy to get to. So it's not just underground to add underground ounces, it's underground ounces because we think it can ben benefit the overall project design and the financial results. Um, it's an early stage thing, not a late stage thing in this case. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, Ian, you touched on that nicely. And this is why, you know, aside from, you know, I like the jurisdiction. Uh, I mean, five, you know, I, I see clear pathways, five, six, seven or more million ounces, right? This is, that's not official yet. But but I think that, you know, when you talk about PA to PFS to, to FS, that, that, that you're always seeing, you know, that the best it'll ever be economically is the PA. And that's where, again, kind of circling back to where I was starting here is that, 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 that this is kind of one of those rare moments where you might actually see market and material improvements to economics as we move forward into the PFS state because of this this kind of remodeling with these underground ounces that you guys are mentioning and what we'll talk about here in a second right so yeah so Ewan has these up just all I was going to say with this figure is that um, you know this is from 2022 probably um, but you can see some of the vintage of drill core there from 2020 to through to 2022 some really strong results but more importantly you can see the model pit outlines and the block model, the resource, the mineralization, and really extending for hundreds of meters below the pits. And that was really the focus of this year's program was trying to delineate and expand that mineralized footprint below those pits so that we could build in what will be kind of a mineable underground resource to the future PEA. Um, so you talked about being a material upgrade to pre-feasor feasibility studies. But in the near term, I think what you're going to see is a huge improvement over what was or what is the existing PEA on the lawyers project with the incorporation of underground ounces coming from lawyers, in addition to some kind of higher grade near surface ounces coming from ranch. So in terms of a near term engineering study, I think that one is the one that's going to that's definitely going to show a material improvement over the last uh, PEA. So, uh, yeah, with that, I'll, I'll pass it back to you. No problem. That has, uh, I did mis misspeak there. Yeah, there's a new, a newly updated universal uh, MRE and a, and a universal PEA with the new Malco uh, coming up here. So that's that's my mistake there, referencing the PFS. But no, let's so let's talk drill campaign, right? Twenty thousand meters into lawyers. Uh, so I mean, you know, kind of just as a you know, to frame this conversation, right? Drilling is all about confirmation, either to the upside or downside, right? So again. Setting aside ranch, we can come back and talk about ranch in a couple of weeks or a month or however that is. But, you know, where I, th I mean, ranch, lots of exciting results scattered all over there. But kind of unvarnished honesty, right? You, you got you guys here. You're sitting down with me. Where do these lawyers results kind of match up with your expectations? If I can kind of steal you know, oil and gas sort of terminology, right? P10, P50, P90. Where, where does this fit in with you guys from, from pre-drilling to now? How, how do things look? So uh, um, I think overall, I, I think it was it went as expected. Um, and I chatting to Ian earlier, he made a very good comment that, um, you know, at Cliff Creek, we weren't, you know, some of the drilling we were doing at Cliff Creek was on the fringes of the core mineralization. It was to build out and kind of flush out what the extent of mineralization was. And, you know, so we weren't expecting crazy results from um, some of the deeper drilling there. But still very, you know, we still got very strong results. Well, we've managed to define the mineralization down over 550 vertical meters and, and that system remains wide open. Um, <clears throat> but at, at Duke's Ridge, I think that has been a bit of a surprise. Um, certainly um, a lot of strong mineralization there. And maybe the next slide shows this quite well. Um, this is the modeled or the, the PEA open pit you can see here at surface, kind of outlined in brown. It's a long section through the Dukes Ridge deposit. And the colored dots are basically gram meter products. So anything that's red or, or 
is basically 60 gram meters or better. Um, so the hotter colors are, are higher um, grades. And you can see the mineralization extended to depth here for kind of hundreds of meters below the pit. And you know, this, these were the first results we put out at Jukes Ridge. And you can see, you know, really strong mineralization at depth here, 50, 57 meters to two and a half grams, including nine, uh, nine basically. And at the time that was the deepest hole intercept on the Jukes Ridge deposit. And with a lot of good, strong visual mineralization below that. And, and the next slide I think is, yeah, following up on that, uh, where, you know, that strong mineralization continued at depth with more really good results, 53 meters to three and a half grams, including 16 and a half of 10. So uh, excellent results continuing to expand. And, and again, that system remains wide open at Jukes Ridge. And that's not to say that we're gonna go in there and that's follow up on this. And that's our top priority for, for future drill campaigns, but the system remains strong at depth, is wide open. And I'd say, you know, out of the, all of the drilling at Lawyers this year, this was probably the highlight. Um, certainly, Duke's Ridge adding um, to the extent of mineralization quite substantially. Ian, I don't know if you've got anything to add to that. <clears throat> yeah, just a little bit of context of why we're so excited. Uh, about the Duke's Ricketts is because originally we we're looking at an and at it. No, not spirals, not a shaft, anything else, taking advantage of the topography, working from the valley. And there was just a couple of few little stopes in our internal modeling of we saw as an opportunity that could be pulled in and kind of on the way to Cliffs Creek. Um, and so when it really starts blowing out in the Duke's Ridge, you're adding a lot of really good material really, really early into the program. We're talking uh, to daylight. We're talking 300 meters um, uh, horizontally, not vertically, horizontally to get into this type of material. So um, I do want to take that step back and say we already knew and had a good, strong idea. We had we knew the impact this could make, and it was really about polishing it out. And it's definitely concur with you, and that the Duke's Ridge is is the is the is the interesting upside that we saw. Um, but we already know and had a really strong idea of what this uh, impact this could have on the overall project. So, even just hitting what we wanted to achieve uh, is going to be a significant impact. And so Duke's Ridge was just a, really a cherry on the top. Yeah, perfect. Uh, you know, I think every, every resource explorer co likes to say open at depth, right? And that's kind of like that classic line that, you know, whether or not it's based on evidence, but this is one of those times where it is actually factually based on, on, on drilling evidence where, yeah, you, you haven't reached the edges of these things, right? That it, it continues on at depth and, and a long strike for quite a, quite a length. So if I can, even if I can kind of interpret for here, right? So, you know, Deuce Ridge gave you a bit more than you were, the pleasant surprise to the upside. Cliffs Creek was maybe a little weaker than maybe you were expecting on the, on, on the downside there. Uh, any other surprises uh, kind of aside from those two? And feel free to disagree with my interpretation there too, but any, any other kind of surprises that maybe is warrants kind of a conversation here? No, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, it could, as Ian said, this drill program is very strategically planned. We basically, <clears throat> you know, outside of Duke's Ridge, I mean, we basically knew the mineralization was there. Um, we were essentially flushing out, uh, you know, the extent of it and continuing to expand it at depth. And we were pretty confident that we, we were going to hit. Um, and really, it was about converting uh, ounces to uh, make sure that they make it into what will be an upcoming MRE and, and PEA, as you said. So, uh, you know, we had a lot of confidence going into this and I think it's delivered as expected. So that's great. And so I can't help but ask, right? And so I know that this is, you know, this is that, that this lawyer's project is, is for a lawyer's property is fairly, fairly 
mature developed at this point right so it's not necessarily that kind of the the, the sexy explore coast story or exploration story discovery story but are there places where you know you think you see smoke we haven't found the fire yet right if we're going to talk about a theoretical follow-up drill campaign uh, where would you target next for whether it be resource expansion not upgrading right but adding ounces you know resource expansion or, or even just like pure discovery drilling are is there more to be had here at lawyers so on the large project at the moment, the most advanced target is uh, Marmot. And it's had quite a bit of drilling um, through Benchmark. We, you know, we didn't drill there at all this year. And there's a number of other exploration targets on the Lawyers project as well. Going into this year's exploration drill program, so if you rewind back to kind of, um, you know, this summer, let's say, um, we basically evaluated all the different targets across the lawyers project and on the ranch project on a number of different criteria and then decided on that um, ranking system evaluated where we wanted to to spend our exploration uh, meterage and in my opinion uh, by far and away the best exploration targets are on the ranch project and that's where all the exploration drilling went basically and you know going forward that is going to continue to be the case uh, so there are targets at, at lawyers um, I think they're stronger targets at ranch and and that's where the exploration drilling will continue to focus so I, I don't see any near-term um, surface drilling at, uh, at lawyers so maybe just the, uh, this is kind of a just a kind of a capstone question here. But did you get what you came for? I mean, you know, the, in terms of your your pre-stated goals prior to drill campaign to now, uh, you're you're happy with what happened. And, and in terms of yeah, you talk about re redesigning the mine plan and, and and adding those underground ounces. Did this match what you were hoping to see in terms of making that a feasible way to improve the economics on this project? I mean, I might pass that one to Ian just to mix it up a little bit. I think the easy answer is is absolutely right. We were yeah. really laser focused. We knew what we were doing, and it really wasn't about it's uh, you know the real exploration upside is at ranch, right? We just wanted to put a pin into what we saw as a huge opportunity, and that's what we did with this drilling campaign at the lawyers, and I think we achieved it, and it is transformational. Um, and so that's been one of the most bigger frustrations, right? Because uh, market can be heavily driven by exploration and the story's not whole. There's a, a wealth of information. We put a lot of thought into it. We got a lot of depth in the organization that brings in project development and also the exploration side. So we, we knew what we were doing and we're, we're really excited about getting, being able to get this news out to market of what this drilling uh, achieved in a broader concept of, the, of what the project will really look to look like moving forward. Yeah, I think that, I mean, Thesis is such a strong company and, you know, I'm saying this, I try to be objective, but I think that this is my attempt. Objectivity is to say it's a, it's a strong company with strong projects, but I mean, just the market, there's no love for develop codes, early stage dev codes. You know, I think inflation is just eating your lunch right now, but I think at that point also, I mean, you talk about contrarian investing, right? They think that at the same time, if you, I mean, yeah, circling back to, this is my own bold thesis for Thesis is, is yeah, this ability to materially and markedly improve economics in, in a very real way to, to kind of counteract that. And I think that's kind of maybe getting lost in the shuffle a bit with the narrative around your company. So maybe to kind of put you guys and maybe Ian, I'll ask you to, to this, I'll put you on the hot seat here for a second, right? So, you know, 
underground ounces, you know, you, you typically want higher grade than open pit, obviously, right? It, and so you did have under the open pit, you had these nice long intersections of mineralization, right? But but maybe you know three, four, well, you know three, four, four hundred fifty meters down. But you know, at a, what a you know gram per ton or so, right? So maybe a grade that is typically more conducive to open pit versus underground mining, right? So can you speak to that? I mean, how do you how do you square that circle? What do you do with with one gram per ton intercepts, you know, of 50, 60 meters, or whatever they are, uh, under your conceptual pit model in terms of in terms of making that work with underground mining or making it work with your new mine plan? So I'm gonna put our mind around it first. It's not a shaft. It's not a spiral. It's an added into the side of the mountain, which is huge to the side of the valley. So that's a huge uh, starting point. Uh, we still are getting bulk tonnage intervals, but we're not targeting, obviously, one gram material. And what you look at, there's a very high grade core in the corridor of mineralization and you have some dissemination normally in the hanging wall. Um, and so you get some broader areas. So um, as you get with depth, obviously, those those fall off, um, but they're still a very high grade core. Um, so it didn't really come out in a lot of the drilling because we were drilling around the periphery. We, were, we knew what the Stopes areas were, and we're kind of really just trying to define them, polish them. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, and I just I want to put it into context. We have a 10,000 ton per day uh, project, right? And it, it was average, calling it, a, calling it almost a two gram uh, equivalent ton uh, basis. The underground material that we're targeting is between four and five grams. Um, and if you could just increase one gram per ton in one year at 10,000 tons per day is over 100 million, 150, almost 200 million dollars of additional profit. Um, we, the original PEA had an NPV after tax of, of around the 500 million dollar mark. So this is, this is, these can make, this can make a huge impact, right? And again, it's not necessarily just trying to chase ounces. It's about converting those ounces into mineable ounces. These were already below the pit and me would, you know, you're getting so much out of it. You're getting more ounces, you're getting more mineable ounces, you're getting higher grade ounces and you're getting those higher grade ounces earlier in the project. And we'll have the ability we're looking and we've done it. Uh, but we'll redo it. It's basically a trade-off of when do you stop the open pit and when do you continue to underground, which can reduce the overall strip ratio and the overall material moved even in the open pit scenario. So uh, we've been trying to get on the microphone and the megaphone and explaining this of why this is such a big deal. Uh, so and it's why there's so much excitement that we've achieved. We knew what we wanted to do. We achieved what we're going to do, and we're going to be putting out and using that information and really be able to get out to market. Uh, and I think really make a splash with it because I don't know. I, I don't know if it's really resonating that the real deep understanding. Uh, but uh, we're really excited about what this information is going to going to do. And again, these zones of four to five meters can be 10 to 20 meters thickness at reasonable mining widths to do a very bulk tonnage style type mining. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but the bigger expense of underground mining is normally associated with the development. Uh, sometimes development can be just as much as your OPEX for your mining costs. And so in these cases, it's such easy access. Um, it's surprisingly, um, um, it's not, it's not, it's not, I think we have to break the mold of what we normally think about in terms of a thousand meter down shaft and all the development costs associated with it. Really, we're talking about a tunnel that could be, you know, uh, 10 million bucks to put in to get into the side of, to side of the bill. It's not a huge additional ticket. Uh, and uh, yes, obviously 
a little bit more expensive mining method, but also extremely selective, right? You're not going to really be having to deal with the waste. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting, the impact that it has on this project. And I think, yeah, yeah. this is, so you go, Ewan, if you're going to follow No, I th sorry, I was just going to say quickly, I think you nailed that, but <clears throat> just to add a little bit to your question, Matthew, I mean, you can see on this cross section here pretty nicely, like they, th those are modeled stopes and purple below the pit or violet. Um, and then that intercept from the last press release, they can headline hole 120 meters of two and a half grams. But, you know, there, there's a broad interval of mineralization, but within that, so even if that was 128 meters of a gram, to your point, and there are some big intercepts in there like that, but the important thing is that within those bigger intervals, there's smaller three to five meter intervals of higher grade. And and that's really what the target is here. Um, you know, it just so happens that they're, they're within much larger zones of mineralization. But that uh, those by themselves are not economic, but the higher grade zones within it are. Yeah, excellent. No, and I, I'm going to circle back to what Ian said here because I I put these images together so I blew it because there is a really good cross section that shows exactly what Ian was referencing there that that geology or ge geography rather is your friend in this regard where yeah it, it's not a big shaft right it's just you can just kind of nice gentle just you know walk in right off the edge of the valley right and so I think that again that kind of the, the gifts of geography here it, it plays an important part to this um, and, and I so could maybe probably share that here quickly if anybody wants a visual yeah no absolutely if you got it it'll save me time on the product post-production side so yeah there you go yeah precisely right so yeah keep that up and so maybe try to transition away from drill results right i think people we understand that, that you know you, you met your expectations this is setting us up nicely for uh, PEA MRE work that's being done this year. You're talking about, so part of what your pro program was this year, though, I mean, there's met work and, and, and optimization studies that are ongoing behind the scenes, right? Can you discuss, uh, you know, and, and as much as you can, right? Again, I'm emphasizing here for looking statements and sort of thing, right? But can you discuss just the optimization studies? How did these results impact those studies? I mean, how have you tweaked from, again, the, from, from before, so, you know, in, in March or whatever, right? When you started planning this program to now it's January with the results back. How has your, your, you know, your conceptual underground plans changed with these, with these results? Um. I mean, Ian might be better suited to answer this question, but I can give you the 40,000 foot uh, answer anyway. I mean, it, it, for our planning, I mean, we, we internally ran all these numbers and what the underground scenario may look like and what those volumes may look like and what the addition of these ounces could do to the project. Um, and, and that was really what the drill program was based around. And, you know, we've executed on that very successfully. As you said, Matthew, I mean, I think we we've had that mineralization as expected. It was, you know, could really just couldn't have gone better. Um, so in terms of how that impacts the the study or how it changed our thinking, I, I don't think it has really. I mean, it will certainly have a much, it will have a very positive impact on the PEA, but internally we, we knew that going into this. Um, so with that, maybe I'll pass it over to Ian. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot more to add. We knew what we were doing and we wanted to do, and yeah. we had hurdles that we wanted to achieve with this work to, in order to make a decision whether or not it was worth doing. Because we obviously have a lot of drilling in these areas already. We had a strong internal model. We just were incorporating it, looking at it, et cetera. And we had 
things that we wanted to achieve, um, know the transformation it can have on the project. And I think that we achieve those goals and we'll be able to beat our even our internal uh, hurdles. Um, so really, it's not going to be about reinventing the wheel. We're going to be picking up and just re-brushing off work that we've already been doing over an extended period of time. There's a lot of stuff happening behind that velvet curtain. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, one of the reasons we're so excited is because we really want to be able to tell about that internal work. But right, you know, with the 43101 process, it has to come out in a technical report before you can really beat the drum. And we really want to get on the megaphone and be able to explain. Uh, and right now we can just give, you know, ideas and concepts, but that will really be able to be the ability to put it onto paper and show what this 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 can do and the impact it can have on the project. And guess what? On top of it is the material from Ranch, which is just another another added layer. Uh, so obviously we're very excited about the the new the conclusion of this drilling, finishing and getting all the results in, and getting uh, and revamping and re-updating the work that we've been working on. Well, I think that, you know, the Tudagon region you guys are in, I mean, I think that you're kind of headlining some renewed interest in there, right? I know that there's been some 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 uh, JV that's been going on there or, or kind of a, some, some M&A that's been happening. Um, let's talk about network though, right? And then flow sheets. I think there was this reference there a little bit, but, and so again, I know this is preliminary, right? So, so let's, let's again, kind of that, that, that emphasis there, but flow sheet on lawyers. What's it like? And then I guess maybe... You know, are there expensive parts to it that people should be aware of? But then more, more, more to the point in terms of this conversation, and this is where I will kind of step, dip a toe into ranch, is that based on your preliminary work that you have, I know you've been doing some net testing across both both of your projects. Do they play nicely? Do, does ranch and lawyers play nicely in terms of the flow sheet, or, or how much kind of a complexity do they add when you try to when you try to marry the two? So maybe I'll talk about the geology and then pass it over to Ian about the how we process that. So the, on the lawyers project, as I mentioned earlier, it's a low sulfidation epithermal system, gold, silver, uh, and it's very clean. I mean, there's there's virtually no sulfide there. There's no nasty stuff in it. It is just a very simple uh, system. The ranch project to the north, um, it is a high sulfidation epithermal system, and these can be metallurgical nightmares. Uh, we're very fortunate in that it is also very clean. Like there's no mercury, there's very little arsenic, uh, but what there is and how it differs mainly from the lawyer's project is it has a lot more sulfide in it, mainly as pyrite. Um, so they will, they, you know, they're they're two different systems, but I think they will play very nicely together. And I'll, I'll let Ian explain what the current flow sheet is and how that may change going forward. Yeah, so when we talk about flow sheets, especially when we talk about a cost in terms of OPEX or, or CAPEX, it's it really is driven by um, the grinding, right? So grinding is a huge issue. And so we've been really fortunate. Uh, lawyers, I, I can be honest, as a mining engineer, it's one of the most boring projects I've ever worked on because it was so vanilla, <laughs> right? It was a crusher, a ball mill, leach everything, uh, Merrill Crow, which was maybe a little bit different because of the silver content, and you produce a doorway. But it was a, a relatively uh, coarse grind. We were looking at 150 mesh uh, grind um, and getting excellent recoveries from, from, from uh, leaching. And then you go over to the ranch project and it does, it, it makes it a little bit more interesting uh, because it's got the, um, the sulfides associated with it. it, but also 
you know what it does have? Incredible recoveries based on flotation. So normally when you look at big numbers or big costs or et cetera, it's when you have an issue. And so you were starting from a point where at least we know we can get solid recoveries. Uh, and a modification, I, I do believe we're going to be, we're, we're doing the metallurgical test work because we have different scenarios of how we'll manage that, right? Um, you know, perhaps uh, adding a flotation circuit uh, to produce a concentrate or or doing an intense leach on a concentrate and then going the whole order. There's, there's a lot of different options, but you're starting from a point where you have the high recoveries. Um, and so the, you know, adding a leach circuit is not, it, it's, it doesn't break the bank, right? Uh, what breaks the bank is when you have to really do intensive grinding or different little tricks in order to get the recovery up. So it's there, we don't see these as major modification. Actually, when we did our internal modeling, just to look at how this all would work out, we took a very, very, very conservative approach that, and it still was not, uh, not that big of a deal. Um, so we look forward to getting the results that should be coming in, um, you know, right, uh, by the end of the month, the majority, well, actually when actually you'll totally finalize when the, the updated resource comes out, but we're already doing that metallurgical test work now to kind of come up with what the modifications of the flow sheet would look like, but we don't think there's going to be anything in it that's going to be a big surprise or a big ticket item, um, that, uh, that would dramatically change, uh, change the the overall project scope no excellent so we're, we're kind of circling around to the end here jensen so a couple of questions right i mean 2024 we can expect a mineral resource estimate kind of the new universal the merging of the two can expect that updated pea uh, can you guys give an updated timeline on when when the market might expect those <clears throat> so i mean we still uh, before we get to either of those major milestones, we still have quite a lot of drill results to come out for uh, the ranch project or thesis two, thesis three in the bingo zone. So uh, stay tuned for those in the near future. Um, and then the MRE, sh it should be early Q2 next year. And we're on track for that. And then um, early Q3 for the PEA. So two huge catalysts for the company coming this year. And I think um, it should be transformative for the projects, the company, and, you know, beyond that in 2024, and I don't know if this is where you were going to go, Matthew, but we, you know, we, we don't have a plan in place yet. You know, well, we have multiple different scenarios for what 2024 may look like, but I think some of these uh, will be dictated by, you know, the gold space, how, you know, if there's... <laughs> ever sort of any reconnection between equities and the price of gold mm. um, and, you know, how markets respond to these major catalysts for the company. So um, in a couple of months, I think we'll be in a much better situation, much better position, let's say, to, to give you a better answer on what uh, any sort of work would look like in 2024. Yeah, and I think that's an extremely valid kind of I mean, the market does dictate what you do and how and when, right? I mean, I know that yeah. you get you generally kind of referenced. I mean, you're you're happy and content to plant your flag on 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 lawyers as is. I mean, I think that you know as someone who follows your company, and I'm sure people others that follow your company would love to see your ranch get more holes drilled into it. But I mean, that's just you know, the, the vagaries of the market will, of course, as you see, say, you kind of define that. Uh, last question here. I mean, we're heading back into kind of another round of conference season here. I noticed you guys are headed to VRIC. I'll be there. Uh, just want you, I mean, just kind of curious, just chewing the fat here at the end of it, but what do these conferences offer you? I mean, what does, what does this offer you? What are the, what are the opportunities that provide that are provided to you if you, when you 
head there, not just as an investor, but as a company. And then maybe, you know, how does that compare to PDAC, right? PDAC versus VRIC, kind of East versus West there. Do you guys, we'll, 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 we'll finish on this question. I mean, I think uh, VRIC is a great opportunity for shareholders to, to come by the booth and talk to myself or Ian or, or any member of the team. Um, and, and, you know, these interviews and, and are, are fantastic for getting the message out and, you know, going over specifics. But, you know, I'm sure individual investors have different questions and, and different ideas about certain aspects of the company or the project and really having that time kind of one-on-one -on -one, uh the conferences uh, i think is extremely helpful for for investors and for us as well i mean it's great to get feedback so i think vrick's a great platform for that uh pdac not so much um i mean really a pdac i see the value for for certainly for myself um i mean we do have a booth there as well but it's it's often pretty chaotic uh and most of my most of my time at PDAC is is tied up in meetings, and um, so it, it doesn't ha quite have the same feel. But I think that's why you go to multiple different conferences because they they all add a different value. So you know whether it's VREC or PDAC or kind of individual um, one to one speed dating type conferences, you know it, it it targets a different audience and gives different investors and shareholders an opportunity to talk to us on a different platform. So I think they, they all add value. You do have anything to, to add to Ewan's comments on that? No, I think that what, how Ewan summed it up was, was, was perfect. Each one gives some value. And I think even from us being able to tell the story of what's going on, it's obviously we need to keep shouting, right? Because, um, I don't really think that market really truly has grasped the the quality that this project has and how it'll truly be transforming over a very short period of time. Uh, so we just keep on hitting the drum, keep on getting on the horn. And each conference has a different way of providing value of doing that. Yeah, no, awesome. I think you guys are right that there's uh, there will be a pleasant surprise at some point with the market in terms of this upcoming PA. It, it strikes me that there's going to be some some very healthy numbers coming out of there. Final thoughts, you and I guess you, you and your Harris, any final thoughts that you guys wanted to touch on that I maybe didn't give you an opportunity to before we say goodbye? I mean, no, I think we, you, you've kind of nailed it. But just to reiterate, uh, more drill results to come over the, the coming months new maiden resources or mineral resource estimate across both projects for the first time. Um, and I would emphasize that, you know, we don't have any numbers yet internally for that resource. I mean, we're, we, you know, we're still working through that, but um, in my mind, whatever this resource is, is very much a starting point. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of blue sky potential coming from the ranch project. And I know everybody says that, but it's literally, you know, there's 40 square kilometer structurally controlled epithermal field there where, you know, we've we've got known targets that will, you know, contribute to a resource. We've got up and coming targets like the JK zone, the Steve zone that are showing great potential and, you know, could build out independently to be add significant ounces going forward. And then we've got kind of 20 plus targets uh, and that number never goes down. That's because we're and we're continually adding targets to that. Um, so, you know, over the coming years, you know, there's, there's real potential there to add significant ounces, 
um, to whatever this MRE is. And, and that goes for the PEA as well. I mean, one of our main objectives for, out of this year's drill program and, and not to get into ranch, because I know we'll probably talk about this at another time, but you know, beyond defining the high-grade underground at Lawyers was targeting near-surface uh, high-grade mineralization at ranch. And, and that has been extremely effective as well. And we've had some good surprises there. Um, but that will, you know, will feed into the new PEA again. I see that as being very much a starting point uh, where we can continue to improve the economics on this project with new discoveries, with expanding the mineralization that we already have at Ranch. So, uh, huge catalyst for for this year coming up. Uh, as I said, I think it will be transformative, and again, very much a starting point for thesis to build on. So, yeah, with that, I'll I'll finish up. No, awesome. No, thank you. And, and Ian, I'll give you the last chance here. I know you guys have a five minutes, so you got a meeting here, but any thoughts from you, Ian? Yeah, I just, uh, the, the only thing that I think I can, can add, add on this is that since the the merger between the, the two companies, we have been laser focused on what we want to do and knowing what we want to try and accomplish with the work that we do. Uh, even when we talk about 2024, it's because it's there's a lot of different levers on it between market performance, the how market reacts to this updated project. It's it's not because we're not thinking about it. It's something we think about all the time because we want to make sure every little step that we make from this point on is creating significant value. And I'm we're really excited about the the information coming out this year because we'll be able to demonstrate we've been able to do what we said we were going to do, and that's the way we like to work. Excellent. Well, I think that's a pretty good mic drop moment, guys. So yeah, Thesis Gold, Ian Harris, you and Webster, uh, I'll get you guys back on for Ranch. But in the meantime, thank you for your time and have a good day, guys.